You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your semi-daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com, opening up another week on what is now technically Wednesday. Um, uh, we didn't re- end up recording on Monday because I have been dog and had to drive someone to the airport this morning. And yeah, just was not a good time. I literally fell asleep without taking my makeup off last night, without taking my clothes off last night. So yeah, was not in a great state. Little better now. Um, staying up for baseball helps, but the way the Blue Jays just ran that inning, as we are recording this, Sean Reed Foley has departed tonight's contest. It is putting me in a sour mood. So to help me with recording these episodes and to help get me through the night without, you know, just praying for the voodoo gods to lift whatever curse they put on Sean Reed Foley that makes balls go every which way but home, I have invited friend of the podcast, jaysfromthecouch.com writer, and Jays from the Couch radio enemy, but friend here, Downtown Stephen Brown is on the podcast. He will be with me for the next two episodes to help me dissect all the goings-on in Blue Jays land. Stephen, hello. I was going to mention that. We were on the Jays from the Couch radio or podcast earlier, and you were very vicious towards me. And I was just like, I was a little bit taken back. I was like, AJ, I thought we were friends. And then now I know. It's, it's clear to me now that we're enemies on that show and friends on this show. Sean has to play peacemaker on that show, or one of us has to move to bury the hatchet. But you know, <laughs> characters are characters, right? So no, yeah, for sure. So we can continue the the um, beef. I I forget what the wrestling term is. I know kayfabe's like real, or is I would be able to help you out there. I'm not too much know. of a wrestling fan. I don't know. I know I have wrestling fans who listen to this. You can message me because I'm. I think I might have gotten that mixed up. I think kayfabe might be fake. So, whatever. I'm not a wrestling expert. I'm a baseball expert, and we have a lot of baseball to talk about, Stephen. But before we do, let's just give a brief mention in passing to Seattle series that, on the weekend, turned into the Kyle Seeger and Aaron Nola show, which. I didn't even say that right, because that's how little I know about Austin Nola, who also hit two home runs against the Blue Jays and is definitely related to Aaron Nola, but I, I'm i not sure how. But what, the, the less that was said about that series and Yusei Kikuchi's fantasy busting complete game, the better. Austin Nola is also weirdly related. Related to Jacob Wagaspak. I don't know if you saw that interview with Hazel May. I did. So there's there's definitely some kind of weird triangle thing going on there. Louisiana baseball, dude. It's <laughs> I um I, I've been what I've been following the Little League Warriors and Louisiana finally got a team in there ahead of Texas because Texas has been ruling that bracket. 
and they're in the consolation bracket right now. I think they play New Jersey. Winner gets a gets another shot at the um, the the remaining two teams that haven't lost. So that's Virginia and Hawaii. So I'm I'm rooting for Louisiana. I picked them before the tournament, but obviously did not bet on them because you should not bet on little kid. That is wrong. Don't do that. Anyway, that tells you all you need to know about the Seattle series because that's how quickly we got tired of talking about it and have talked about literally gambling people. So, um, Stephen, I don't know about you, but I'd rather move on to happier topics in Blue Jays land lately. There are happier topics in Blue Jays land lately? There there are, but they don't involve the actual Blue Jays, and that's the problem. (laughs) But the future looks brighter. We're going to start with... Uh, TJ Zoik, who on Monday night threw the first no-hitter in Buffalo Bison's history since Bartolo Colon 20 years ago in 1999. I, be- I believe I got that right. I, was, I believe you long, do. It was, a, it was a long while, but um, Zoik went out there through 114 pitches, was basically in control of his ground ball, got a really nice defensive play from Jonathan Davis in the ninth inning, which, as as we said on Jason Couch Radio, was essentially the Dwayne Wise catch of that no-hitter. But um, as I... Like, I'm, I'm going to repeat a little bit of what I did on Jason Couch Radio earlier, but... Um, I was surprised how kind of overlooked TJ Zoic was as a rotation candidate for the Blue Jays. And I know you were less optimistic about Zoic, just given his underlying stats. I wanted to know if you could elaborate on those a little bit more here, Steven. Uh, Well, I mean, he's kind of a pitcher. He doesn't miss a lot of bats. And he relies a lot on ground balls that you promptly pointed out. Well, Marcus Stroman has relied on those two qualities for much of his career and he seems to be fine and TJ Zoy's got the height thing going for him too. So that's a one up on Marcus Stroman. But I mean Marcus Stroman, he does strike out some batters. TJ Joy Zoik doesn't seem to strike out any, if 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 that makes sense. I believe in his last three starts his he has some, like 13 strikeouts and 22 and a third innings pitched. It's just I don't know how sustainable that would be at the big league level. And I don't know if he's going to get the same ground ball luck that he would up here. You know, he might be able to barrel up his pitches a lot more. But he does have a good fastball and a good curveball. So you never know. Yeah, um, he's never been a strikeout pitcher. And that's that's been evident this season. Um, only 47 strikeouts in 76 and two-thirds innings across Buffalo and Dunedin this year. And that's that's factoring in 12 strikeouts he got against single-A players. So you look at the actual stats in AAA, it's only 35 Ks in 68 innings. So yeah, he's not an overpowering pitcher. But, you know, given given some of the guys who are in the Blue Jays system, it, it kind of makes sense to have a guy to kind of act as that change of pace pitcher, wouldn't it? Like, I mean, if you have Simeon Woods Richardson throw 100 miles an hour already, and then all of a sudden you got to deal with TJ Zoic and his his steady diet of, like, 
worm killing balls doesn't that have value in its own like no like yeah it it, it, def- it definitely does and i mean the blue jays have had their fair share of pitchers that relied on their defense uh for helping them out uh, stroman was one of them i believe mark burley was another one for a couple of years mm-hmm. who just really who just really relied on his defense and there's nothing wrong with that right if you got a good defense behind a decent starting pitcher it's gonna make that starting pitcher look even better right yeah and you know the defense has been fine with him. He's not had an ERA above four in any of his season, his rookie season when he had like a 450 ERA and nine starts. Um, he's He's been able to keep that kind of consistency going through the major leagues. And, and it's part of why he was uh, a first round pick. He's got that kind of high floor. The ceiling isn't necessarily there, but it looks like he's found enough success, especially lately at AAA, to possibly warrant a call-up. And I've seen seen some people being like, oh, the Blue Jays won't call him up because they want the control. TJ Zoic's not really valuable enough of a prospect to worry about control. I think the Blue Jays would rather see him actually come up and see what they have in him to figure out if he can be a part of 2020 rotation. I mean, he's 24 years old, and one thing that big leaguers do together when they're hanging around and on the team bus and at the field is they talk, right? And when you get those guys talking, they share information, they share pitch grips and whatnot. And maybe TJ's, and maybe TJ Zoik, sorry, I'm having a hard time pronouncing his name. Maybe he ends up picking up a pitch from one of these veteran presences or one of these journeymen that the Blue Jays have on their team right now, and that really becomes an out pitch for him, right? So, I mean, there is value in just being around guys that are fighting to survive, that have been there, done that, and are struggling to do it right now, that are trying to reinvent themselves. It always helps to be in a room with other people that are smarter than you. Mm. And we can see if he, he can do that. He, he obviously is going to have to rely on his control to be a successful major league pitcher. But if he can do that, maybe he too can Maddox a team like the Blue Jays have been Maddox this season, which has been annoying. Um, we are going to take a break, but before we do, um, just a reminders first, Make sure you're set for your fantasy football league draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. Vinny Iyer's got 20 years of experience in the industry, and he can help you get the edge you need to beat all other chumps that are in your league who are just listening to the standard Yahoo ESPN stuff. So subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Football today to get the edge you need for your draft. And while you're doing that, while you're preparing for your fantasy football draft, um... Steven, I know you're a time zone ahead of me, but you know, wouldn't you like to have some snacks or something while you're while you're checking out fantasy football rankings? Snacks are always nice. Depends on the kind of snack, but mm-hmm. I'm listening. I mean, if you don't want snacks, you could you could order McDonald's. You could order any assortment of things. And you know what you can do to make sure you don't have to leave the comfort of your home to go get that stuff? You can use Postmates. 
which is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service you need all year round, whatever time Postmates will deliver. It's the largest on-demand network in the U.S. can give you anything you could possibly want or need. You don't even have to know where, you, where you're going to get stuff. If you, if you don't know where the nearest McDonald's, which, I mean, I don't know how, but Postmates will find it deliver it to you. You can download the app on iOS or Android for free. You can browse local spots and Postmates will deliver it to you. And Steven, right now for a limited time, Postmates is giving listeners $100 of free delivery credit for the first seven days. You like $100, right? 100 bucks is great. And I mean, that goes towards some food and I love food. So it, I mean, exactly. sounds like a great deal. It's win-win. So to start your free delivery, just download the app and use the code Locked On to get $100 worth of free delivery credit for your first seven days. Anytime, anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. So download Postmates and save with that code Locked On. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back talking with downtown Stephen Brown, who's kindly joining me in the midnight hours while this Blue Jays game is going on right now. We will be talking about the Blue Jays game in the second episode that we're going to be putting out tonight, um, which we, we have some thoughts on Clayton Kershaw, I believe, right? You told me? I, I know I saw Yeah, I mean I got I got a lot of thoughts about Sorry? I said I know I I know I I've seen thoughts. So We'll have to see what those thoughts are. All right. So there's your tease for the second episode coming out. But um we talked about TJ Zoic who pitched yesterday for Buffalo. Now I think we need to talk about the guy who for Buffalo tonight and that is recent call up Nate Pearson who was devastating like i didn't realize how bad minnesota's farm team was but rochester is just looking foolish um pearson came up for seven shutout innings gave up like two hits was hitting 99 with ease on that fastball um steven what do, what do you want to do with this? What do you want to do with Nate Pearson after seeing that kind of performance? I mean, he was unbelievable. I mean, as a guy that just plays slow pitch baseball just for fun, that would scare the that would scare the bejesus out of me. I mean, All right, dude, if I went up there and I saw the fastball. Yeah, dude, I don't even want to take grounders that are coming at me that fast. Trying to trying to hit something like that just. <laughs> Just sounds like a bad time. And what made him really successful is I saw him bury a couple of pitches up and in in the high nineties, wow. and I was just like, "That pitch that that's not hittable." Oh yeah, it's R- not possible. Ryan DeFrancisco tweeted out one of them, which I I swear, like I I would have ducked before I would have swung, and it still would have been called a strike. That's that's how spot on he was. Like. 
and you know what with with his stature and his size on the mound too it just it makes makes that 99 or 100 mile per hour fastball so much more daunting because that pitch is just getting on top of you even quicker than what it actually than what it's actually coming at you if that makes any sense it's just he, he looks like the terminator out there he looks like arnold schwarzenegger on the mound yeah and and the reviews are in on pearson and and fans are excited um sean at sean's jays said he was amazing tonight only gave up one hard hit ball which anytime you can have the soft contact for you too that's always a plus um probably would have been good for the eighth but meacham didn't want gil kim calling him again probably after zoik for 114 pitches last night so i totally understand that um matt hall at hall of maniac 07 pearson's a stud no doubt about it he muscled that lineup tonight like they were kids which i mean a, a fair amount of them are kids well we'll just say that right now but you know rochester supposedly has the backups for the twins and they're supposed to be like decent hitters there I, I can't remember if they called up jake cave but Chester was basically louisiana of the little league world series and hey, nate hey. pearson was just out there mowing them down hey hey, hey. louisiana's good <laughs> rochester was like the italy of the little league world series and i'm sorry it'll just stop sucking how about that um i mean they had Ronald Torres, who's seen time with the Yankees. Um, and then other than that, you know, not not a very imposing lineup. Brandon Barnes is the former Rockies outfielder. Um, but, yeah, I, I can see why this lineup would be overpowered a bit. But making that from AA to, to AAA immediately and almost seamlessly... I almost worry like it's going to, you know, just kind of set the table up way too strong for for people. Like it, this is going to be Vlad and Bo all over again. Like up now he needs to be up now and pitching. But I mean, it's it's very exciting to see him like make that transition seamlessly. It it goes a long way to, you know, again building that hope. And the fans, this team will be competitive a lot quicker than people thought it would be. I mean, you're, you're sounding very optimistic there, AJ, but I'm going to bring you back down to earth <sighs> a little bit. I mean, Nate Pearson did go through a long recovery not too long ago with his leave. I think he has a couple of screws put in there. And it's just like, yes, it's very impressive. Yes, we all knew that he had this kind of talent. But it's going to be about preserving his arm that's going to make him this valuable over a long stretch of time. So he comes in this year and dominates double A, gets the triple A, and shows that he can hang with those guys. Then I don't think that he's in the conversation for 2020 as many other people believe just because you want to see him get in every fifth day and throw five to six maybe even seven innings because it wasn't too long ago that this guy was alternating between two inning and five inning starts well, hey, right hey you say Gucci's been doing that for the Mariners and look what he did yeah but I think that's just because he sucks <laughs> <laughs> hey hey I 
I did draft him in the mid rounds in fantasy, so he had something. All right, so <laughs> back off. Um, no, when when Pearson was promoted yesterday, I did tweet out that you know this is part of the plan. They're just gonna let him pitch like three times or so in Buffalo just to get used to play, and then probably start him there in 2020, and then depending on how things go, be it injury problems or performance, he could be the first guy called up like in May. And that has the added bonus of keeping Nate Pearson under control for for an extra little bit. But yeah, I, I never thought the plan would be to see him in Toronto, like, like immediately, but outings like this, you know, it, it kind of justifies what a people are saying about him, what a lot of scouts are saying about him, that he has he has the most major league ready fastball. Like one of the most lethal pitches in the minors right now is coming out of his hand. And it it is enough to make you think that maybe the Blue Jays are going to be able to put it all together and have the batting and the pitching at the same time in ways that they haven't done in the past. Hey, I mean, there's a young man in the Blue Jays is up right now having a pretty good game tonight that forced their hand and made made them call him up and give him the opportunity that he deserves. So if Nate Pearson's going to go out there and do the exact same thing, then all the powers. I don't think Blue Jays fans will complain about that. So I think that'll bring an end to this episode of the podcast. want to thank Matt and Sean on for their input um steven tell the people where they can find your work they are tweeting on twitter at dtsb underscore 98 you can also find me occasionally on jaysfromthecouch.com or if hockey's more your thing you can find me on youtube at downtown sports yeah but that's right. it is but i mean I, I i try to venture out every once in a while uh we need to get you an avalanche hat um, <laughs> you can keep following Kadri that way. Um, Oof, that hurts. <laughs> uh, follow me on Twitter at a underscore j underscore Andrews to get involved, like Matt and Sean did tonight. Um, you can follow the podcast on there as well at Locked On Jays. You can do that on Instagram and Facebook. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get fine podcasts. You can subscribe and make sure you don't miss an episode because, as we have proven, sometimes the schedule can get a little wonky. So just make sure you're tuning in your daily dose of Blue Jays talk. And we will do this again immediately as Clayton Kershaw manages to get on base, which should not be happening. But anyway, for... He's rounding second in my stream. (sighs) See, why you got to go and spoil it for me? Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, AJ Pollock doing the damage. Like I said on Twitter, you got to watch those AJs. We're dangerous. Anyway, for downtown Stephen Brown, I'm AJ Andrews of JasonTheCouch.com. Thank you on behalf of them and the Locked On Podcast Network. And y'all take care. <laughs> <laughs>